When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And we welcome you to this edition of Tuesday People, the podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Album, the author of the book Tuesdays with Maury, which now officially, this month, August, is 25 years old. August was a month that it came out in 1997. And here wow. we are finally in August. And Tuesdays with Maury, happy birthday, 25 Woo-hoo! years for the book. Of course, uh, Maury was 78 when he died, and I was 37 when hey. I was going through it, and there were lots of years associated with it that are different than 25, but the book's been out for 25 years, and um, boy, it, it, it... What I've a been, life. Yeah, well, not just that, but I've been talking to so many uh, interviews uh, this past couple of weeks in conjunction with this, and they've forced me to sort of reflect on how... Life has changed since Tuesdays with Maury came out, and I, I can't really even imagine life before it anymore. It was it was so uh, different. It was so it was fine, but it was kind of empty. It was it wasn't as deep. It wasn't as rich. It wasn't as um, full of both grief and pain and 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 sensitivity to it, but also the joys that come with you know feeling those things. So. Anyhow, uh, lots of good things coming on with the 25th anniversary of Tuesdays with Maury. There's a special edition of the book that's coming out this month with a new afterword that I wrote for it. There's there's the uh, presentation of the stage play of Tuesdays with Maury that I wrote 20 years ago for the first time in the state of Michigan. It's going to be touring around six different theaters in the state of Michigan. It's never been performed in my home state before. There was kind of an embargo on it for a couple of different reasons, and it just went on forever, and so it's never been seen here, even though it's been seen in Switzerland and Israel and Japan and places like that, but never never down the block from me. So And people are talking, Mitch. Yeah, people are talking about it, I'm telling you. There's a lot of uh, chit-chat going around about the play coming. People uh, are excited. Good. Well, all that's great, but that's not what I'm here to talk to you about today. So I just got back from Haiti. Uh, you know, everybody who listens to the show knows I go on a on a monthly basis to our orphanage there. And this month is the month that we take in new children. And I've had just a, the most incredible experience over the course of the last week, something that even even at my age, when you think, all right, every experience in life is just going to be some variation of the experience that you've already had, but there are no new ones left. Right. Yeah. You feel like, you know, we've reached the point where we're out of new ones. Suddenly along comes a new one. So here's the situation. I get a call a few days before I'm supposed to go down saying that there's a child that, you know, we have discovered has a connection to us. And the child is six months old oh. and is terribly malnourished. 
Oh and, my goodness. And suffering from uh, a lot of setbacks and in a difficult situation in a very impoverished area up in the uh in the provinces of Haiti, way outside where we are in Port-au-Prince in the city. Right. And I saw her on the video and I said, we need to get this child to uh, a a hospital right away. Mm -hmm. And that's what we did. We brought her down from the provinces, even before I got there and took her to a hospital where they took some blood and found out that she was severely malnourished and uh, anemic and suffering from conjunctivitis, and she was uh, seven, six months old, and only seven pounds. Wow! And so, uh, wow. You know, we said, "Well, we've got to, we've got to, uh, we've got to break our rules," which said we don't take infants because uh, we can't pay attention to them the way that they need to be, and we can't be changing diapers every minute, and. You know, we, we take kids usually about two or three years old when they're started on their own. Is this the youngest child you've ever taken in or by, considered? By more, by more than a year, it's wow. the youngest child. Yeah, the wow. youngest one we ever had before was a year and a half, and that's because somebody lied to us and told us that she was uh, she was two like and a half three? going on oh. three. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then oh. when we got the birth certificate, it was, no, she's one and a half. Oops. So, yeah, this is the youngest by by more than a year. So I got down there last week and she was already at our orphanage and we were feeding her, you know, like crazy, you know, trying to, cause she really hadn't eaten anything most of her life. And we were feeding her, uh, you know, formula, putting lotion in her eyes or putting this, you know, ointment in her eyes. And she, I, I, I went in, you know, I'd seen her on camera, Mm -hmm. but I went in to the room where she was. And they held her up to me, and uh, I took one look at her and had a sensation, had a feeling that I've never really had in my life before, even at this age in my in my sixties. Um, that you know, because I had made this decision to bring her in, I felt that I was responsible for her in a way that you know you don't ever really feel shy of having your own child. You're yeah. not really responsible for infants. Um, and she was so helpless looking. And so, you know, her hair is just very, very sparse because, you know, not only no nutrients, well, yeah, no it, nutrients, no nutrients to grow. And, and, yeah. and in Haiti, you know, when kids are malnourished, there's an orange sort of tint to their hair and somehow it reflects the lack of minerals or whatever. She had that and she was, you could see she had like these long legs, but they were just spindly little legs. I mean, there was no fat on them or anything. Sweet baby. Yeah. She is just the most precious child. And after a day or two, you know, of my coming around, we finally, she got it. We got her to smile and to, and she has this, you know, toothless smile and she just has her face just lights up when she smiles, which she wasn't doing when she first got to us. Yeah. And, um, so we had doctors evaluate her and I sent the information to doctors here and they said, you know, with those kind of numbers and that kind of weight, you really should get her here and, uh, let us, you know, get her nourished. She's dangerously, you know, malnourished and let her get us, get her nourished and get her back on track and take all the blood work and everything. So we, we were able, thanks with the help 
of connections that we have there and, and good people who work there. We were able to get her, you know, the proper paperwork and get her out. And we brought her up here and she's here staying with us now. Oh, uh, she's we, at your house? She's at our house. Oh, so, Mitch. So now we wake up, my oh. wife, you know, the bottle and the heating of the bottle and the sterilization of the of the of the nipple and the pacifier and uh you know how do you put in the drops how do you change the diaper and how do you put all this stuff on and you know things that you know i've helped other people do once in a while before nieces nephews you know when you go over to people's houses but this is now our responsibility and um, you know, feeding her, making sure she's okay. We have tons of help. Don't get me wrong. And then we couldn't do it if we didn't, but you know, she's, we've taken this responsibility on until she gets better. And so now every day, um, I have this beautiful time where I can go in and sit with her and look at her and hold her. (laughs) Janine holds her and Janine, you know, feeds her and, and, you know, it's incredible how much time, as busy as I am, and I'm extremely busy. Um, how I can much vouch time for that? <laughs> yeah, but how much time I'm willing to just sort of sit there holding her in front of me uh-huh. and going, you know, oh yes, you little baby, yes, yes, it's okay. Right. Give me, oh, you're smiling at me, okay, baby, all right, my baby, be like that. And when she she has this incredible smile that, like, you know, the whole one of those, the whole face just smiles, kind of thing. Yeah. And we're seeing it more and more now as she's getting slowly a little healthier and a little, you know, a little more filling out. And it just it just speaks to something that I remember Maury saying once uh, when I went and visited him, I was just married, just married. And it had taken me seven years to get married. And we were talking about having children and. I was still hesitant about that. You know, I was 37. I was in the throes of my career, the absolute zenith of my, you know, well, I thought anyhow, sports writing career on television, on radio, writing a newspaper column, writing magazine pieces, in demand, young. You know, you don't realize when you're older how much of people's desire to have you working with them has to do with your youth. They feel like, oh, yeah, A, sometimes they say, well, A, we can get him cheap. He's young, we can get him cheap. Or B, you know, hey, he's young, we get into him now, he'll stay with us, you know, we'll have a lot of years with them. You know, C, uh, we need young audiences, we need young fans, we need young listeners, young readers, and he's their age, so let's hire. You just think you're, you're getting hired because you're good. You yeah. know, you realize, no, a lot of it had to do with, how young you were. Mm -hmm. And so I wasn't thinking about another life in my life. You know, it was all that I could do to sort of move over and make room for my wife in my life. In your other busy life. Yeah. Yeah. And so I remember talking to Maury and we talked about children. And I said to him, you know, how significant is the fact that you have children as you're dying? You know, what? how big a difference does that make to you? And I remember he, Maury was very uh, careful. He said, whenever people ask me about having kids, I don't say you should or you shouldn't. But I do say that there is no other experience that can substitute for it. No other experience. And then he went on and said this. And 
if you want the experience of having complete responsibility for another human being for a period of time and to know how to love and bond with another in that deep way, that's the way you do it. You can't have it any other way. If you do it with a peer, it isn't the same thing. If you do it with an infant, it is something that's so inexplicable in ways in terms of what goes on that there's no way of substituting for it. We'll be back with more Tuesday People right after this. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Now, I have to say, when Maury said those words, to do it with an infant, it is something that's so inexplicable in ways, in terms of what goes on, that there's no way of substituting for it. I remember thinking, yeah, that's what they always say about kids. Mm-hmm. That's what these gushing people always say about kids. And when I started running an orphanage, you know, I began to realize it more about children. Yeah. But I don't think until this week did I really realize it about an infant. This sense of total dependence on you, total dependence on you. And what is it that we recognize when we see an infant that kicks in something? And more used to talk about this all the time, kicks in some kind of, I don't know repressed memory, you know, repressed feeling or something like that, that we had when we were that needy. Like if you really close your eyes and say, can I remember what it was like to be a baby and to have my, you know, bottom wiped and to, and to, to have my mouth wiped when I was eating and to suck on a bottle or whatever. And of course, you know, cognitively you can't, but internally, being taken care of that way, being so dependent on someone else and allowing someone to just do everything for you, feed you, and take care of, is something that stays inside all of us because Maury remembered it coming back to him when he was stricken with ALS. And he said, this is like being a baby again. I get to be a baby again. People get to take care of me. I get to be in the receiving end. So it's somewhere inside of him. He still was able to recall it, 
and pull it up? Well, it's really a great responsibility. You know what I mean? I think it gives you this sense of, wow, okay, now I have this thing that I need to take care of because without me, they won't live. You know, I think that there's something so big about that, you know, and, and you're there right now, even, I don't know how long the child is going to be staying with you, but, um, you know, you're in the formative years now. <laughs> like they always say, you know, when they get babies from orphanages, like, you know, when people adopt children, um, it's those early days, those very first days of life of nurturing and, and hugging and touching and feeding that are so important. Yeah. You know, so right uh, you now. Said, you said something that I want to go back on because it's really interesting that you bring it up. It is, as you point out, the most severe responsibility that you can have. So the normal, especially for younger people, but even for older busy people, you might think that the normal reaction to that would be to run. I don't want that kind of responsibility. What do you mean? I am responsible for like whether this child lives or dies, whether it eats or doesn't eat, whether whether who's going to take it to the doctor, make calls for it. I'm responsible for all of that. I don't want that. Let me out of here. But here's what's amazing. And this is what when Maury said what he did. You notice that he didn't say it's a tremendous responsibility and it's very scary and you might not want to do it. He said if there's to 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 bond to to be responsible and he said that experience complete responsibility for another human being it's something that's so inexplicable there's no way of substituting for it but what he left out was you don't want to substitute for it yeah and you would think that you would as soon as that baby came into your life you would think oh no 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 this is way okay i see how cute he is or how cute she is that's enough this is way too much responsibility. I'm responsible for every little element of it. Let me out of here. Let me out of here. Why is it that people don't go running for the hills when it comes to that? Why yeah, is I, don't, it? I know. And I don't think like it's funny because people don't. But I know that like some of my friends, when they've had their babies, those initial days of their first child are always like, holy crap, I don't know what I'm doing. How do I do this? You know, you you can read all the books you want and you can do everything, but inevitably 20 times a day, something's going to happen in your life where you're like, oh, wow, this is a new thing. H how do I handle this? You know, why are they crying so much? How can I stop it? Uh, when, when do I know they've eaten enough? I mean, think of all those questions that you just don't know the answers to. Yeah. Yeah. But what I, what, what, what I, what I know already and have found here, but I mean, I knew this already there are many resources for that. And it only takes one phone call. And then suddenly you feel like you're an expert. It only takes one person to show you how to warm up a bottle. You feel like you're an expert. It only takes one person to show you how to hold her correctly. So her head is held up right. And that, that uh, part's you know, hard. You, and you that makes like me so answer. nervous. I get no. so nervous about baby heads. I'm like <laughs> coming from well, the woman who's never had a baby. Yeah. Well, I, I, I just can say that it has, it has filled us in a way that it's it's almost unimaginable. And this is someone who's, you know, I, I've, I've had so many fulfilling experiences. And yet to have this child so dependent on, you know, a decision that I made. Mm -hmm. and, and what's funny is now we've try, we're trying to reach the woman who was raising her. Right. Uh, and she can't be found. Oh, was so, it not? 
the mother? It wasn't the uh, mother of the child? It was, but she's gone. And, 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 you know, we had like a brief interaction with her and now she's gone and we can't find her. And so I keep thinking what would have happened if we didn't have that one encounter? What would have happened to this child? Would she have even lived, you know? Right, so because random. I know you said often people with your orphanage, the mothers will send the children to your orphanage because they can't care for them. But the mothers sometimes check in on them, right? They know, do they do like, you know, right. they they yeah. have communication that, with you. That doesn't appear to be the case in this case. Yeah. This was wow. uh, someone who had five uh, different responsibilities and, and just, I don't think it's, I don't think it's going to be the case. So, uh, you know, but just, just not even be able to reach her, it shows you the precariousness of the whole situation. But, but to, to, to just relate to everybody who, so, so here's what I want to try to get across today, that the biggest responsibility in the world, which is what I just laid out, being responsible for another human being, you would think that you would run away from that. Most people just don't want the biggest responsibility in the world. And yet, why is it that my story is not unique? As soon as this child is in my arms, in front of me, you know, giving us a little smile, you're willing to take on the whole deal. It's like, okay, yeah. you know, we're going to have to do it. Here's what we're going to have to do. Here's all the paperwork we're going to have to do. Here's all the doctors we're going to have to see. Here's all the feedings here. We're going to have to hire people and be around the clock care and getting up at two o'clock in the morning and all the rest of it. Why is that? Well, there's something about sometimes the greatest responsibility can energize you, can galvanize you to become a better version of who you are. Yeah. And I think this is why people who are scared to get married, when they get married, a lot of them live up to it, rise up to being good partners, and they have successful marriages, even though they might have started nervously. And I think when it comes to being a parent, those who are scared of it or who are reticent or hesitant, but they take the leap and they say, okay, now this is huge responsibility. Instead of saying, oh my God, wait a minute, I'm responsible for this now. Let me out of here. And they go running for the doors. It's more often than not, they step up. Yeah. As we're stepping up here now and we're not alone and many, many, many people have done it before us. And so it's unique that the greatest responsibility can also be the most um, energizing and most captivating thing about the person or the topic or anything like that. So, so I, I just thought that it was, it was really something to see, um, that this moment came to us and, and quite out of the blue and has softened us and, and molded us. And, you know, she's got us wrapped around her finger already. And, and it was told, it was like the biggest responsibility you can have. And yet, even at our age, tired and weary and worn out from a lot of this stuff, suddenly you just, you just, uh, you just jump into it and you say, okay, I have to do it. And, and you're energized to do it. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. You feel, you feel some sort of energy. Now here's mm -hmm. the question. Um, did you, when you went there, did you know about this child or did the child come while you were there? No, but I, I knew about her before I got down there because we made the decision to bring her right to Port-au-Prince and get her to a hospital. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, uh, so she, but when I, I hadn't seen, I'd seen her on the video, but once I saw her in person, 
I was I was done for. I was uh, a big, Mitch. Yeah. What's her what name? Naughty. 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 Ah. And she's just a Sweet doll. Sweet baby. I can't and wait to ho- see her. I want yeah. pictures. <laughs> Holding that uh that little little child in your in your uh in your hands. And it is hands. I mean, she fits in your hands, you know. She's only Aww. seven pounds. Jeez, um, that's so amazing. Six yeah. six months old and seven pounds. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So but we'll get her there. We'll get her there. And I, I, I find it interesting as I was leaping through some of Maury's quotes, I, I was asking him once about um, reincarnation mm-hmm. uh, and some thoughts that he had about it. And listen to what he had to say. What would be your perfect idea of, of what happens after death? Perfect. If, if, you, if, if all that you could hope for after death were what it actually was, what would it end up being? Probably having a soul that went into the body of a newborn lovely baby, male or female, maybe female, because I never was a female, and to help that baby grow into a beautiful soul. Ah, that's beautiful. So yeah, to come back as a, as an infant, who knows? He wanted to be reborn as a female. Maybe that's why I'm taking to this baby so much. Mitch, maybe, maybe this maybe is not, it. Not, maybe Naughty is is uh, Creole for Maury. It's Maury coming back on the 25th anniversary. Yeah, well, experiencing. Believe in all that. But, I like uh, to believe in those things. Well, it is a remarkable experience, and and uh, I, I I finally know you know firsthand what Maury meant when he said there is no experience like being totally responsible for an infant. I've known it many times over with all the kids that we've had, and with Chica, you know, who came to us when she was five and had oh, a brain yeah. tumor. And I, you know, when you have to care about a child who's five and has a brain tumor, there is no there's no backstop. It's just you. But mm-hmm. this is. Even this is a little different. Just the physical touch of, of, of a child that small and the lightweightedness of her and the fact that she's she's barely there, but yet she's totally there. You know, she's Aww. she's a whiff of a thing, but she's totally there and follows you with her eyes and smiles. And, uh, you know, we're, we're really smitten with her. And, and so um, even the greatest responsibility, even the greatest responsibility, can feel like the greatest blessing. And that's oh, the thing that's to beautiful. That's thing the thing to the thing to, you know, keep in mind. As I wrote at the end of Finding Chica, you know, we didn't lose a child. We were given one. And 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 being given one was such a gift that we never stopped appreciating it or or doing things. We didn't think of it as like, you know, you know, just like we don't think of with this child. We don't think of, oh, well, wait a minute, she's getting my time, or wait a minute, she's getting my money, or she's, you know, it's money I could have used for something else. We don't ever think like that. You know, we just think of the opportunity that's being given to us, yeah. even if it's the greatest responsibility. So that's what I want you to take away from this, folks, is that if you have something that's in front of you that's a, a big responsibility, just remember, something does come with that. You don't, it doesn't cast adrift. 
Uh, and in this case, it's the most wonderful thing that comes with it. It's the joy of a of a little ba- little bouncing baby Aww. every day here. So I'll, I'll send you some pictures and we'll post them and give people a chance to see little yeah. nice. It's pretty exciting. We'll put it on our, on our group page. That would be amazing. Aw. Well, congratulations, Mitch. Well, I'm not sure I did anything, but, uh, you know. Aw, but you've got a little one now for a while, at least. For just a little while, a little while, yeah. Yeah, but We can fatten her up. And she's, the doctor said she can eat all day long. It's no problem. She's so, you know, malnourished. Just give her whatever she wants to eat, you know, as much of the bottle, you know, basically she can. So, yeah, we, we always have, we always have the bottle at hand. So, yet another experience you didn't expect to be going through at this age, but that's what (laughs) life is. That's what life is. Isn't it beautiful? It is. It sure is. We hope you enjoyed this little conversation. We do this every Tuesday. You can find out more about us at wetuesdaypeople.com. Plenty of photos there, and history, etc. Until we have the opportunity to talk to you again. With Lisa Goitsch, my partner, this is Mitch Album saying, see you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening to Tuesday People. To be part of our conversation, join the Tuesday People community at wetuesdaypeople.com. Subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss an episode and share it with your friends. We look forward to having you with us every Tuesday because, after all, we're Tuesday People.